Top of the morning to you, and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Yo, yo, yo. And today we're joined by our friend, JJ. Hey. Today is our St. Patrick's Day episode. We're talking about the Boondock Saints and Vigilante Justice. So spoiler alert for the Boondock Saints. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, JJ, uh, thanks for being on the show. We're very lucky to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm a, a, a f- hashtag friend of the pod. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time stander-upper. <laughs> um, hey, Joe, yeah, first-time, long-time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you do want to uh, introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, um, my name's JJ. I am a recording engineer... Um, on Long Island now, uh, spent a few years in Los Angeles, and now I'm back where I grew up. Um, that's about it. Wow. We got a yeah. real, uh, expert today. Yeah, he said off mic, he said something about inputs, we've got ourselves a real ringer. You guys are lucky to be hearing from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Duh. <laughs> Uh, JJ, in the last week, has anything exciting happened to you? Um, the most exciting thing, I guess, happened this morning to me. I, uh, was pulled over, uh, because a policeman thought I was dealing drugs. Oh. But I was eating a roast beef sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we can have you arrested for that, too, so just, uh, fess up. (laughs) Take me away. (laughs) If loving Arby's is illegal, I don't want to be legal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And beef and cheddar on their onion roll. Come on. This, is, this isn't fair. So the, the play-by-play, you walked into an Arby's? No, I went wa- to the drive-thru. Okay. And then, because it was like on a major road, I like, and the parking lot was situated where, where the drive-thru spits you directly out into... The highway? Into the traffic, so you're like... Oh, well, I can't eat this in shame in the parking lot. I gotta <laughs> keep going. So I went down like a block or two and saw like, okay, this is a little road and made a right. Sat there for like five, ten minutes. Turned around to get back on the main road. Turned onto the main road. And as soon as I get there, the guy behind me is a cop and he flips his thing on and I'm like, what? What's, what's happening? <laughs> And like taillights out, so I pull over and like, oh, I'm gonna get some stupid taillight ticket. Like, I know I am, because like I wasn't touching my phone, I wasn't doing anything I wasn't supposed to be doing. He comes up to me, he's like, What are you doing? Like, what? You tell me, sir. Yeah. What, what, what am I doing? He goes, What are you doing? I'm like, You pulled me over? Didn't you pull me over? Like, <laughs> yeah. goes, Imagine you got in trouble because you read the situation wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, oh, you just know, interrupted you a sting. <laughs> right. We've been he working goes, on this sting for 12 months. Maybe I did. <laughs> he goes, you know what? You're not selling drugs? I'm like, do you have drugs in the car? I'm like, no, I don't have drugs in the car. Can I search your car? I'm like, I don't think you have the right to do that. So why not? I'm like, because... I wasn't doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I turned around because he was in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And when I turned around, he saw me. He saw it as I turned into the parking lot 
saw a cop car and turned around, but mm. I just went into the parking lot literally just to turn around so that I could like uh, get back yeah, on the yeah. road. And he did oh, not can't think, do drugs here. <laughs> he did not think that was the case even after I told him that. Mm. And he was like, "So you've never been arrested before?" I'm like. No, that's not said it like that. Common thing, yeah, yeah. Not not. Have you been arrested before? I'm gonna need to like check your license or whatever. And he took my license and registration and and went to his car. Came back in like three minutes with his head hanging and just handed it back to me. It was like and like grumbled something at me and left. <laughs> what a weird um my friend Greg and I were driving home from a friend's house in high school and we got pulled over cuz he was I guess like going 5 miles over the speed limit. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, I'd never. <laughs> for the record, I and <laughs> I'm feeling a little <laughs> nauseous. Like the record show, I don't speed. I've never <laughs> touched my cell phone while I'm driving. How dare you? I thought you were going to say I've never touched myself while I was driving. And I'm like... <laughs> oh, that that's tons of times. I have done that. Is that I mean, illegal? Like, is that... I thought that was just frowned upon. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. I know... Let me finish my story. <laughs> um, and the, the cop is like, have you been drinking tonight? And my friend Greg was like, no, nothing, sir. And he was like, not even water. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and we were like, oh, that's the kind of night we're going to have. Wait, that's not a cop mustache. <laughs> it's a dad mustache. <laughs> I thought you were going to say milk mustache. <laughs> I wish I did. That's way funny. <laughs> not even uh, this wholesome milk. <laughs> I'm in a milk commercial. <laughs> Overall, let me say, I have a fairly high opinion of police officers, but I also know that police officers in a suburban Republican uh, small town is there to just cause trouble. Yeah. <laughs> just a couple of guys causing trouble. <laughs> Um, which I think that could serve as a segue. Uh, segues are hard, so I'm going to do it here. Um, JJ, do you think you could uh, give us a quick uh, synopsis of Boondock Saints? Yeah. Boondock Saints is a movie. It's about two twin brothers, and they get involved in a fight with the Russian mob. Then, essentially, they in taking out these mob guys, they realize that they want to be... They want to bring justice for their neighborhood and protect their neighborhood and become basically vigilantes that kill all the mobsters in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That's basically the movie. And then there's also uh, an FBI agent who's trying to hunt them down and find them. Yes. That detective is Willem Dafoe, everyone. God. The Green Goblin himself. (laughs) (laughs) The... A performance of a lifetime. Yeah, uh, he he got this he got this uh, part from the grocery store because he made a fucking meal out of it. Like every time he was on screen, he is like literally chewing furniture. Like it, oh, such a scene stealer. Yeah, oh, man. Even if you don't want to watch this movie, just find scenes where he's like just fast forward through the movie, and when you see him on screen, just watch it. It's. Oh, 
Yeah. Perfection. I, um, <laughs> I definitely read critiques that it was every single character was too cartoonish mm-hmm. and people didn't like Willem Dafoe because he was like over the top. And I was like, what do you want from a movie? Yeah. Realism? Like, go to a Burger King and sit down and watch people if that's what you want. Because yeah. that's not what I'm looking for in a movie. But don't eat that sandwich around the block from yeah. there because <laughs> you get pulled over for being a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea. You got any drugs? No, I just sold them. <laughs> I sell drugs at the Arby's that I was just at. <laughs> Arrest me now, pig. (laughs) That's definitely enough for us to arrest you. Oh, it is? Yeah, you literally confessed. But in a sarcastic tone, that's not... (laughs) There's some joke with, uh... That's like, yeah, I, uh... If I do something bad, I admit to it, but I say it really sarcastically so everyone thinks I'm joking. Like, yeah, I made out with your sister. (laughs) Um, what did you, what would you guys rate this movie before we get into it? I want to go last because I think I enjoyed it the most. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I loved this movie for all the wrong reasons. Um, it's such a clumsy story, but I had so much fun getting there. Uh, I'd say it's a, I think it's a four. A four out of five. Man, I wish I hadn't. I, I wish I hadn't called going last because I'm not going to rate <laughs> Would it. Would you do half stars? No, we don't. No, we do. We Al- do not. Alex is a narc and doesn't <laughs> like half stars. Because, because nope, if you did nope, half stars, no, don't it's even more mention of a three it. and a half. Stop. But Stop. whole stars, <laughs> four. Good. And I'm stick confident with that. in that. I'm going to cut everything the- else out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, now I'm going to give a half star rating just so you have to get that <laughs> That's a lot higher than I was anticipating. Um, this was the first time I had ever seen this movie. Um, and I was kind of surprised at how bad it was. <laughs> um, I think if I were to watch this again, I could watch it in the lens of, oh, I'm watching a bad movie. So, like, I can enjoy it ironically. But because this was my first impression, I'm going to give it a two. And that's only because of Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Um, this movie definitely has a nostalgic piece to it. There is a lot of Boondock Saints in my high school experience because I made my... The same friend that got pulled over and was so... Oh, you didn't even drink water? Mm-hmm. Um, I made him watch Boondock Saints and we were on cross-country together. And we memorized the last courtroom scene so mm-hmm. that we could uh, recite it to like intimidate other teams. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they got the reference. <laughs> yeah, um, like the, it doesn't the matter. Other, the other New Jersey you know, high school team. It's a 10-year-old movie, but like, yeah. let's quote that. <laughs> are, they, are they quoting Boondock Saints? Oh, man, these guys. <laughs> these guys, yeah, you guys it doesn't, it's even better if they don't know we're quoting yeah, something. That's true. Because it just sounds like we're going to murder them yeah. for no reason. <laughs> or for being, you know, rapists and killers and stuff. Yeah. Um, I would still only rate it a three even with all of that nostalgia attached to it. Mm-hmm. I definitely recognize all of its flaws and would critique it very harshly, but it was a fun, silly movie. I was pretty into it. When I read, like, the background information of, like, how Troy Duffy, like, sort of went insane, like, being very uh, intense about the movie and how seriously it took it, in that lens, yeah, it's probably, like, two stars. Mm-hmm. But in the lens of I'm enjoying this 
because it's clunky and I'm enjoying it because it's almost like whimsical in like a dark way. <laughs> um, I gave it an extra star. All right. So yeah, uh, you guys both brought up the idea that the the story is really clunky and clumsy, and I definitely agree. The whole movie, I was trying to figure out what the movie was about, <laughs> even though like maybe half an hour in, they're both like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna kill bad guys," and then from there, I was like, "There's so much going on. Like, <laughs> where's this movie taking me?" Um, the director had no experience directing, nor did he go to film school to study anything about film. So the clunkiness definitely comes from that, at least a little bit. I would, wow. But like, it's shot pretty well. Mm -hmm. Like, like individually, like if you look at the scenes, they're not like, it's not like a bad movie, like a poorly shot or a poorly lit movie. Like you see, like Mm -hmm. it looks fine. Yeah, like, it's technically fine. Right. I mean, transitions are awful. Like, yeah. like you know, the the big jumps in the story between scenes is just bizarre. And they have multiple just fade-outs. Like, they just yeah. fade... Like, they're done with this scene, and they fade out. Yeah, I was... Uh, we were talking about the... Uh, iMovie tricks, baby. <laughs> the, the opening, tra- like, thing where you see the brothers lives like in the meatpacking thing and it's like one-off joke fade show opening credits one-off joke fade show opening credits and then they get to this woman who's like okay this guy's gonna it's like this guy's gonna train you hi how are you fade show credits same woman talk about the rule of thumb fade show credits She's like, the rule of thumb's ridiculous, like, blah, 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 fade, show credits. No, you can beat your wife, it's fine. Fade, show (laughs) credits. They start beating up the woman. Fade, one-off joke, fade, one-off joke. It's so weird. Those are the good guys, though. The good guys are okay with beating their wives and, I think... Their I think beating at up least. maybe their boss. Yeah. <laughs> or their, like, trainer or something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go to their defense. What we were exposed to when um, one of the brothers punched this uh, feminist, what it, what they were showing that they're willing to punch anyone, <laughs> even if they're a woman. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> oh, that's real that's equality. That's real equality. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But I totally understand, editing-wise, horrific. Story-wise, not good. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I liked about it, because I'm going to defend it even though I'm not a big fan, (laughs) is the, the storytelling device of Willem Dafoe as the detective is explaining what happens. And then they flash back to what actually happens. And every time there's a new crime scene, Willem Dafoe's um, storytelling gets closer and closer to the overlapping of it. it. Mm -hmm. To being exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not only to being exactly right, but also the images that we see of the flashbacks are are in timing closer to Willem Dafoe telling the story. Yeah. And then at the end... 
he's a part of the story. So yeah, the, it's the, the best. Crime that's the best scene, yeah, that's the the best scene. when and he's in there acting out the scene while while the scene is going on. Is yeah, so cool. Right. Italian <laughs> chef finger kiss. And, and even further than that, he actually is a part of the next crime scene. So yeah. not only does it like merge with this with his storytelling, their stories literally merge. I think the biggest problem with this movie is that Willem Dafoe isn't the main character. <laughs> I think we should have seen the story from Willem Dafoe's perspective and then get those moments of him describing the crime scene and then seeing the saints as these like sort of tall tale vigilantes that the movie's like trying to make them out to be. That is should have been Boondock Saints 2. Not what Boondock Saints 2 actually was. (laughs) I did watch Boondock Saints 2. I did not see it this week, but I saw it right when it came out (laughs) in the movie theaters. (laughs) I paid to watch Boondock Saints 2. I paid $12.50. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Which actually, that reminds me, JJ, you brought up an interesting point about Boondock Saints um, sales. Oh, yes. I, I did some research because, you know, I'm a prepared guest. He's a ringer. some people. <laughs> Let's not name names or point fingers at people. But um, this movie had a lot of bad press because it was such a violent movie that was coming out, like, right after Columbine happened. So, like, Columbine happens and this movie's supposed to come out and people did not want to see any sort of gun violence. People thought, you know, guns became, like, the worst thing you could show on a screen. So a lot of theaters didn't even take it as a movie. It only made, like, Mm $30,000 in the box office, but it became, like, a cult smash hit and it made, like, $50 in, like, DVD sales, like, afterwards. So, like, this movie's, like, huge flop, but actually hugely successful on the back end, which is crazy. Yeah, I think at least a million of that 50 million is uh, dorm rooms for college boys' rooms. Um, because Dorm room posters? Dorm room posters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I think uh, <laughs> that's why I was so surprised that this movie was bad. Because, like, my whole life people were like, yeah, Boondock Saints is a really cool movie. And I think people watched it when they were, like, 15 to 18 years old and then never looked back at it. So they were like, yeah, this is a cool movie. There's definitely um, a a toxic masculinity to it Mm -hmm. um, that is in a lot of our 90s shows. When you look at, like, I heard complaints of, like, when you watch Friends again, Ross is a real dick. And, mm-hmm. like, he's sexist, and Joey's, like, all kind of horrible as a womanizer and all this. And people get critiqued after, re- quote-unquote, revealing that fact, being like, and you still like it? And you're like, yeah, I can still like it and recognize those flaws, <laughs> because now I'm making fun of Ross. Like, it's you can still enjoy it in a different light. There's a scene in Michael J. Fox's Teen Wolf where um, he's about to, he's realizing that he's a werewolf and he's about to tell his friend and he like can't get it out. And his friend's like, you're not going to tell me you're a fag, are you? And Michael J. Fox is like, no, 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 no. I'm a werewolf. 
I'm not some. Worse. I'm not some kind of freak. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually physically a freak. Yeah. Um, uh, unbreakable Kimmy Schmid has almost the opposite joke, where Titus gets more respect in the streets of New York City when he's covered in hair and looks like a werewolf, <laughs> where he like couldn't get the makeup off and he's walking around and people are treating him so well. And he's like, why are you treating... It's because I look like a werewolf, not like a black man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to toxic masculinity, Rocco sexually assaults a stripper and they just shrug it off by him going, I'll tip her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He definitely yeah. would have committed rape. That is 100% a fact. Yeah. Um, which, that whole scene in the strip club makes no sense to me. There's a lot going on. Um, but I think that goes to the point of the good points of the movies, which is just cool action set pieces. The strip club, they're in a completely circular like fluorescent pink room like just shooting into doors like hoping that they hit people pew, pew. and it's cool to watch it's a cool it's a cool action oh, set piece no they've got like four or five really badass action sequences yeah. which i think is when you put that with Willem Dafoe is why the movie's so enjoyable despite it's just it's it's, it's a bad it's, movie. It's like, a banana shit movie. Like <laughs> it is to quote Gwen Stefani, B A N A N A S. Um, I do think the the movie sort of hits you over the head multiple times with what is this movie about? Like mm-hmm. not necessarily like what's going on, but so many of their quotes are literally quotes that an audience member would say. Like yeah. um, like Rocco has a couple of lines of. So anybody you think is evil, don't you think that's a little weird, a little psycho? (laughs) And they're like, no. You know what's weird and psycho? People getting off on bail. When they're... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, that that clarifies. Yeah, yeah, Rocco comes... They tell Rocco their plan. Rocco's like, that's fucking bananas. Like... Don't do that. Don't do that. And they're like, no, we should. Everyone, th- Everyone's thinking it. You even thought it. And Rocco's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Can I be part of your crew? <laughs> yeah. Later on, again, Rocco's like, what is there, a raffle or something? We don't, and, the, and they respond, well, we don't really have a system for how we kill people. It just sort of falls on our lap. And <laughs> again, you're just as an audience member being like, yeah, that is what is happening. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, th- throughout the whole movie, I was never on the Saints' side. I was never like, you're right to be doing this. <laughs> Which there have been, you know, I'm a big superhero fan. They're all vigilantes, and I'm typically on their side. And then even darker uh, vigilantes, like I think Dexter is a pretty close um, comparison to the Boondock Saints. And I'm on Dexter's side. What? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Love Dexter. The uh, best character on that show exploded at the end of season two, <laughs> and I could not keep watching that show. <laughs> um, I would say when I think of Watchmen and I think of Rorschach, mm-hmm. Rorschach is willing to kill, and I'm like, all right, I mean, this person burned a girl's bones after, like, raping and killing her and fed those bones to the dogs, too, so, like... 
I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, and I think that's the other thing, just to get back to the Saints. <laughs> like, Rorschach's like the, everything you just said. The Saints are then like, these guys are Russian and therefore deserve to die. <laughs> this movie was, was a bit of Irish propaganda, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Because, like, there was... This is Boston, where the... Irish mob has run wild for years. Mm-hmm. And the two subjects were the Italian mob and the Russian mob. And the only Italian guy in the cast is like throughout the movie called dumb mm-hmm. multiple times. <laughs> it's like, oh, this Italian's dumb. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I'd say the major flaw of the movie, or at least. Maybe it was purposeful. I'm not really willing to give him credit for it. But in terms of an actual debate of whether vigilantism is good or bad, Rocco is clearly a bad person. Yeah. Um, he is a part of the mob. And if the Saints were not friends with Rocco, he'd be dead within seconds. Mm-hmm. And they kill... Some people that, like, barely fit the criteria of, like, once they killed Ron and Jeremy in the strip club, two more people put in money. And they're like, oh, they're scum, too. Let's kill them. Yeah. Like, they, they, are, they are patronizing a legitimate business and, uh, you know, doing consensual adult acts. I wonder how much of that was just them having to acquiesce to, like, when you make a movie, like, if that was supposed to be, like, a prostitution thing and not a strip club thing, but then, like, trying to rework it and rewrite it, they were just like, this is fine. Like, no one will give a shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like as opposed to, because if it was supposed to be, like, these are Johns looking for prostitutes, then you kind of can see that a little bit because mm-hmm. they're participating in shady behavior and, like, contributing to the decline of their neighborhood and like they're deciding like the police aren't doing anything we're gonna do something right but then but then right after Rocco grabs an exposed breast from a from a stripper that passed out right right, right. (laughs) but he's he's the funny guy he's the funny guy you guys are right (laughs) that's that's funny it's not. That's, I don't think that's funny. Uh, I'm going to edit that part out. So. It's funny. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, JJ, you brought up the idea of the cops aren't going to do anything, so we're going to do it about it. And that's a really huge part of who I think is like the mo- considered the most famous vigilante, Batman. I love Batman. And ba- yeah, Batman. And Batman has a, the, a really strict code. That he doesn't kill. Yeah. And so I shouldn't. Yeah. He definitely. That's, that's in the Bible. <laughs> that's, in, that's in the Bible. Um, and I'm wondering if. I mean, that's what makes him an interesting character. So I'm wondering if that's why he's uh, endured for so long is because it's like, oh, like, I, I like the idea of someone who's kind of uh, going outside the system, but still, like, has a code for himself. Yeah, I actually, I wholeheartedly agree. That's kind of my example of, like, Boondock Saints. Those guys are, even the Saints themselves, are not good people. Yeah. They proved that. They 
have no problem getting into bar fights, setting dudes on fire. Like, that happens in a fir- one of the very first scenes. Yeah, that's like, that's like the first ten fire. minutes of the movie. <laughs> they beat a woman and set a man on fire. But, you know, they're, they're the, the good, good guys. guys. You guys, they're just childish. <laughs> they're, they're whimsical. They're spur of the moment. Those are the good guys. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, like, Batman, who decides that if the city won't clean up the criminal acts, he's going to do it. But he's going to do it in a way where he just puts the criminals right in the laps of the justice system and he lets the justice system do their thing. Yeah, so and like, then the justice system doesn't do their thing because the villains get out constantly. Yeah, so it's not Batman's fault that they keep getting out. It is because Batman should kill them and we can avoid that problem. No, 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 no. That's, then Batman's well, got you, a whole conscience issue to Do to you know what with. ethnicity Batman is? Because if he's Italian or Russian, he should not kill the villains. But if he's Irish, then he can kill the villains. Right, that's the that's the, that's that's the, the lesson rule. I that's learned. The from, Saints, that's the Boondock Saints. That's the Boondock Saints logic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we all did learn something from the movie. <laughs> um, Batman has a quote, I believe. I think it's from a Batman comic. Uh, it could be from someone else. I didn't fact check this, but if you kill a murderer, then the number of murderers in the world stays the same. Right. And I love that quote, but mathematically, it's so easy to to blow up. (laughs) Someone did do a meme uh, where Deadpool is, like, responding, and he's like, what if I kill a bunch of murderers? (laughs) (laughs) Finger guns. Yeah. Because... Overall, I'm in real life, 100%, (laughs) I am not on the side of actually killing bad people through vigilantism or even through the death penalty. Um, But (laughs) in terms of the context of a movie or a fiction, I definitely can be put in the right scenario to say, hey, that person deserved it or no, there really was no way out. He had to die. Mm -hmm. Boondock Saints was not one of those movies. (laughs) I agree. I agree with that that idea. I agree with that idea. But yeah, they're really just in real life. You just you like if there's it. if you're gonna be a vigilante, don't kill someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I will support you if you are a vigilante that that does what Batman does and just leaves criminals on the footsteps of police office offices and city I th- hall. I think a big plot of go for that Green Arrow is that he's a vigilante willing to kill, but then the Flash, as they start overlapping their universes, he convinces the Green Arrow that he shouldn't be killing anymore. That he should, like, yes, continue being a vigilante, but, like, you can become just as much of a monster. Especially since we haven't even discussed this, like, who is the vigilante to decide... Mm-hmm. Who has who actually lives and yeah. who dies? Because that's that's a dangerous uh... right. Because when you look at them, when you look at a story from one side, it's pretty easy to see when you're not in an objective scenario. Yeah, the movie ends with a, a fake newsreel of uh, like interviews, and they're interviewing random people on the street. Because at this point, the saints have announced like, their mission statement to the world. And so there's people that are like, yeah, I love the saints. Kill all the bad guys. I'm totally for it. I wish I was a saint. I want to kill bad guys. And then there's other people who say exactly what you said, Alex. Like, who are they to be judge, jury, and executioner, like, just deciding that these people get to die? 
And who should be executioner? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who wants to be an executioner? Who wants to be the well, person who's like if holding the switch, yeah. killing <laughs> killing people? I don't care if you're a monster and I'm not going to throw a switch and kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not me. There, uh, in World War II, there was these things. Uh, I don't know which side utilized this, but basically, if you were going to. Was it bad? Because then it was the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Good rule of thumb. Yeah. It was if you were. It was probably the Germans. I don't know. But if you were gonna execute somebody, three people would line up, and only one would have a real gun. The other two would be blanks, um, and then you'd all shoot at the same time. And that way, you don't know who killed them, because that's like a lot to deal with. So yeah. Who, oh. who the fuck wants to be an executioner? Right. Even even in the army, no yeah. one wanted to be the executioner. <laughs> yeah, there is a great whitest kids you know with that topic, um, and basically, yeah, one of them is a blank, the other one, one of them has a real bullet in it, and they're mixing them up, and they start passing them out, and one of them is like, phew. And he was like, what do you mean? Oh, I got one with the blank. I was like, what? Yeah, I followed them. That's the one with the bullet. <laughs> and he was like, what? I don't want to shoot him. All right, let me grab him again. Let me mix him up. <laughs> Here you go. Yep, this one doesn't have a bullet. Stop looking! <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, have either of you seen the anime Trigun? No, no, because I'm not a nerd. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> no, I'm oh. kidding. I like anime. I, I've oh, read manga. My, my girlfriend hurts you. Yeah. Hates you now. She hates you now. No, I fully support she, anime. I like anime. Uh, well, let me spoil Trigun then. Um, throughout the series, this guy Vash the Stampede is considered the deadliest person, and he's a total goofball, and. He clearly does not kill. That's not his thing. But violence follows him because everyone's trying to get him. And this villain, his only goal is to get him to kill. It's not to stop him. It's mm -hmm. just to break him down emotionally um, to the point where he's like having this discussion while almost murdering people and being like, listen, you think you've never killed someone but you are the cause of multiple people's deaths, so your hands aren't clean. And then gets to a point where he <laughs> brainwashes a group of people, like through like superpowers, to kill these two of Vash the Stampede's friends, and then puts a gun in Vash the Stampede's hand and is like, if you kill me, then those people will stop murdering your friends. Here you go! <laughs> And he eventually does it, and it's, like, literally the most emotional scene of the whole series where he, like, is crying and is like, why are you going to make me kill you? And he's like, because that's what I do. <laughs> and I think it portrays, like, perfectly, like, murdering isn't easy. As, as much yeah. as Hollywood portrays it in vigilantism that, like, oh, I've just had enough, let me kill bad guys. Even when they're bad, it's mm -hmm. not like a, you turn off a switch and can now murder. Yeah, there's a, a huge biological imperative that you don't want to kill, like, another person. Uh, I think we've brought up this Black Mirror episode a couple times where the soldiers get a chip so the enemy literally looks like a monster because that's easier to kill. So it's funny that 
all the bad guys in movies always miss the protagonist because like they're missing on purpose because they're like oh what is a human life and what does it mean to take it I don't want to <laughs> do that but the vil- the the hero is just mowing down bad guys like left and right oh you could be <laughs> swinging around on a rope 360 yeah. just spinning and just guns blazing I and I love another that. scene in this movie yeah, which, which was is fucking rad. <laughs> and another aspect of like is this movie like a parody because within the movie Willem Dafoe is like TV is to blame for this. It's in bad TV where people come in through the vents. Professionals don't do this. And it's like a nod to themselves, but this movie hasn't come out yet. And then right after he says that, the the saints are talking amongst themselves, and they literally say, like, I don't know. That was so cool. It's just like TV. It's just like TV. (laughs) Man, killing is easy. (laughs) They said that. They they said killing is easy. Yeah, maybe this is like a really really good art piece that, like, we just don't understand. Well, uh, I understood it perfectly. <laughs> Four out of five stars. <laughs> because they're, they're, the scene right before that where they're buying um, ammunition for this uh, gig that they found themselves, he gets, one of them gets rope because he's seen on TV that they need rope. And the other one gets a Rambo knife because mm-hmm. he's seen on TV that you need it. And they both get used in the next scene. <laughs> Because that's how it works. Because that's showbiz, baby. Um, but going back to Watchmen, since I mentioned Rorschach. Spoiler alert for Watchmen. The big finale twist is this idea of being willing to kill a huge population of people, like New York City size, to unite the entire world towards a common enemy. And this idea of you can only bring peace through a huge sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that concept has been shared a lot, but the first time I watched it was within Watchmen. And I was shook. I was like, is it? (laughs) And I spent a long time trying to get myself out of that. Like, Watchmen wasn't right, were they? (laughs) God, this isn't... Like maybe you don't have to worry about that (laughs) (laughs) in terms of free life. Yeah, unless you're a nine eleven truther, because that's part of what the nine eleven truther is like: uniting the United States together. Like that's part of the whole thing. I'm not to, not to to give a platform for trutherism. <laughs> if you on. need a platform for trutherism, here we are. Which I hate that Hashtag they... Hashtag Jet Fuel Camel Steel, Steel Beams. <laughs> I hate that they got the name Truthers. <laughs> well, well, but tr- they're telling the truth. Why wouldn't they be called <laughs> Oh, no. Now I get Never it. Never forget. When, when you put it like that. That they're that, Truthers. Yeah, now I get it. Are telling the truth. Right? <laughs> uh, to give, again... I don't think this myself, but I understand the mentality of genuinely thinking that killing is a good option. Mm -hmm. In terms of, like, an oppressed people, people who feel that the system is stacked against them and there's literally no way out, I recognize and I sympathize with this uh, perspective of violence is the way out because because nothing else is working. Um, that feeling of helplessness, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because the saints 
are in like in a pre, you know, like they live in like really low income housing. I mean, their toilet is literally inches from one of the guys' beds. Yeah. And then the toilet is Is. on the street. (laughs) Well, they dropped it on a a guy's head because they're the good guys. Yeah. (laughs) But so you'd you'd think their beef would be like with the police or with like the government but they're like you know who we should kill other criminals <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and that actually like the whole aspect of the mobsters and j- just being in a mob is a negative thing which i agree it's it's a it's a cr- crime but it also makes me think of um like gang violence and people joining gangs and this idea of like why would you ever join a gang you know it's wrong without thinking of the perspective of yeah why would anyone join a gang well, think about it for you, sometimes a second. you have to yeah, exactly. join the gang so that you don't get killed in your neighborhood like, right that's... there's this aspect of if you're not in a gang you're a target by everyone if you are in a gang, you're only on, the only people who target you are the rival gang. So it reduces mm-hmm. the and amount right. of exactly. And you know their turf, and you just stay away from their turf, and then all of a sudden you're a lot safer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 saints would eventually target like gangs, and I think that that's a dangerous like slippery slope. I mean, if if the same can be said about mobsters and gangs, then obviously there's a huge flaw. With how they decide who who stays and who goes. Mm-hmm. Right, which is why you shouldn't <laughs> be killing people with your vigilante justice. Yeah, you can serve your vigilante justice, but just take them to a certain point. Be like Batman. Just take it, take it to a certain point. Hand it to the government on a silver platter and let them fuck it up. Because you're gonna trust the government. Okay. <laughs> Again, we're on the same side. I just <laughs> yeah. um, and I recently finished uh, The Punisher Season 2. Mm-hmm. Big, big concept. Oh, he kills uh, everyone. <laughs> there's a big aspect of like really good people slowly being turned in opinion by The Punisher. Because throughout seasons one and two they keep seeing the Punisher's perspective is actually correct of like they'll just keep getting away and they'll keep murdering unless I stop them and it's like those people don't actually exist the people with such intense skill that like ten people in bodysuits like couldn't actually def- like stop them mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they do exist, they're probably not just, like, a regular dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I love... The Saints bring this up. Uh, the Punisher brings it up. A lot of vigilantes that kill bring up the idea of, well, if they get locked up, they're just going to get out. That's not true. <laughs> like, do are there people that do bad things that get away with it, sure. Is that the majority? No. (laughs) Uh, We have the highest incarceration rates in the world. People are probably staying in jail for the most part. It's Right. It's once you go to jail, it's really easy to stay in jail. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... But, I will say, being in jail is... Being in jail... 
in a light jail is probably better than being murdered for something you didn't do or yeah. or murdered for something that is something I would consider like a light crime, mm-hmm. like drug dealing. Yeah, and that's the which thing. I don't do by an Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but yeah, like the the saints are like any crime is punishable by three bullets to the head. Uh, Rocco in one scene tells them they're gonna shoot this one guy who's really bad. They go into a room and they're like, there's a bunch of people in here, who are we supposed to kill? And Rocco's like, all of them. And the saints are like, okay, I guess we're killing all of them. So they have no rhyme or reason. Like, they're just killing people. And there's there's Uh, no... They have a rhyme or reason. No women and no kids. And that makes it okay. (laughs) They're the good guys. They are the good guys. (laughs) They are the good guys. (laughs) The movie told me so. (laughs) Don't kill people. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about us and whatever that's going to be about. Very spooky and secretive. Uh, If you liked us, find us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And please rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thank you all again, and if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.